Hi, I'm Reverend Wendy Craig Purcell here at the Unity Center in San Diego. Thank you so much for watching today. If you'd like to support the work that we do here, please consider making a contribution. Go to our website. It's easy to do. Thank you in advance for that contribution. The spiritual path, the spiritual journey, includes a significant amount that we can know and that we can see. But it also includes a significant amount that is a mystery. A mystery. And it is in those times and those places and those experiences of mystery that the quality of surrendering and trusting becomes so incredibly important. We have been exploring together for the last number of weeks a book written by Unity Minister Bob Brummett, Finding Yourself in Transition, Using Life's Changes for Spiritual Awakening. Today I want to close with this idea of how do we support the path and the plan of our life unfolding. Some of us in this room have spent a fair number of years in our lives trying to really push and make things happen. And that can become pretty exhausting and doesn't always bear the best results. Some of you are laughing, some of you are, are acknowledging connection with that, with that statement. And I think for many of us, especially as we go a little further into personal growth work and much deeper into spiritual understanding and spiritual practice, we begin to embrace the idea that maybe there's another way. And maybe that other way has less to do with forcing and pushing and making and striving and grasping and has everything to do with surrendering to a divine flow and moving with that divine flow, still doing our deep inner work, but also realizing that we don't have to do it, nor should we do it, all on our own. There's a big difference between doing the deep inner work of which our unity teachings encourage us to do and allowing our lives to unfold compared to trying to force and make something happen that's either not meant to happen or before it's time. You probably know that within the nucleus of every cell in your body, there is a DNA molecule. And that DNA molecule directs the destiny of that cell. And with all of those molecules and all of those cells, voila, you are that destiny. There is, in a similar kind of way, a divine plan within the soul of every human being. And some of that divine plan, we can actually really know. It, we just, it's familiar. Somehow we just know certain parts of our plan for our lives, the divine plan of our soul. But there is also part that is very much a mystery. Have you ever wondered why some souls come into this human life experience and everything seems to move forward in a pretty steady, somewhat easy fashion? 
And have you also ever known individuals, souls, who seem to have come in with either so much deep hurt or fragmentation that their life is a really challenged experience on the human level? Nod your head if you know what I'm talking about here, right? And I believe that part of what we are seeing there is a difference between the divine plan within one soul compared to the other. And we can never fully know for another, nor can we always know fully for ourselves everything about the divine plan of our soul. But we can know that when we are in sync with it, things will unfold with greater ease and greater grace. And so just as there is on an individual level a divine plan for each and every soul, there are those today and those from years gone by that also believe that there is a divine plan at work directing the collective soul of humanity. I find that very comforting especially as I look around at some of the issues in the world today, I find it very comforting that despite the appearances, that there is a divine plan at work among the collective soul of humanity. And that that divine plan to be birthed and to find form in the world often requires a somewhat shocking or brutal awakening. Teachers and leaders like Barbara Marks Hubbard. How many of you recognize the name Barbara Marks Hubbard? She just made her transition. She just made her transition. Barbara Marks Hubbard was a proponent of this idea that we are living in times of great evolutionary drivers for humanity. And that these evolutionary drivers that we see, that we call the major challenges in the world today, serve the purpose of punctuating and piercing the ignorance of humanity to awaken to what we're really called to be, how we're really called to create heaven right here on earth. And so this idea, this plan unfolding both individually and collectively ought to give us a great sense of comfort as we navigate through the changes in our own individual lives. For these changes really do serve the purpose, just as huge evolutionary drivers serve the purpose of awakening humanity, so do the changes in our lives serve as the purpose of awakening our soul to the unfolding of its divine plan. I believe that part of our assignment here as individuals is to do everything we can for the care and feeding of our souls. That we are here to, to create as smooth a path as we can, as smooth and clear and open a path as we can for, the own, for our own evolution of our soul. Here are some words from Deepak Chopra on this. He says, life becomes more effortless as we move closer to God consciousness. Life becomes more effortless as we move closer to God consciousness. The lower level, the physical level, is full of burdens. Have you noticed that? The lower level, the physical level. It operates at a completely different vibration. 
He says the lower level, the physical level, is full of burdens. But there is another way, and we are called to work at that level. It's the level of cause, not the level of effect. It's the level of cause, not the level of effect. As I was thinking about the ideas I wanted to share with you this morning, I was thinking about how the changes that we experience in our own lives individually, especially the big ones, the little ones are easy to navigate, but especially the big ones. What if we were to look at those as, as almost a call and response, a call and response, that it's a call and a response to our soul's longing to stretch and grow and awaken, a call and response. If we looked at those difficult times, those challenging situations, those big changes that we didn't see coming, if we can look at them through, through the lens of a much deeper, wiser understanding that says, this is actually a call and response of the deepest part of me, inviting me to step into a greater understanding of who and what I really am. As a spiritual being, this moment in time incarnating in this life experience. I know for myself that when I remember to look through eyes like that, that whatever it is I am dealing with becomes much easier to manage. I believe that this is actually what Jesus did. Do you know what today is in the Christian church? What is today? Palm Sunday, do you see our palms? Yes? <laughs> Jesus knew. How many of you just flashed back to Sunday school and, and the palms? I did. I did. I was always jealous of my Catholic cousins. Most of my cousins were Catholic because they got all those cool holidays that we Lutherans didn't get, you know, or they did the cool ritual stuff that boring Lutherans, sorry if you're Lutheran, I, that's my background. Um, we didn't get all that cool stuff, you know, communion when you're young and confirmation and ashes on your forehead and all of that sort of stuff. I thought that was really cool. Anyway, where was I? Where was I? I was talking about Jesus and I was talking about Palm Sunday. Jesus, excuse me, Jesus knew when he went into, rode um, on that donkey to Jerusalem, he knew what his fate was. He knew it. He didn't pull away from it. He went right into it. And I think that in many ways that when we can look at the tough stuff in our own lives through the eyes of it's a call and response to my soul. My soul is calling this forward for a blessing. My soul is calling this forward that I might grow, that I might awaken, that I might become more. When we look at it that way, we won't pull away from it. We'll lean into it, even if it's a little bit difficult. We'll lean in, and in leaning in, we'll get the blessing. And I believe that is in part what Jesus was doing. Let me read some words to you here from a book that I, I taught from a number of years ago. It's a Neil Donald Walsh book, and it's called when everything changes, change everything. See if you can relate to this. And then I want to share with you four quick tips from the story of Palm Sunday. So Neil Donald Walsh writes, we are to change our idea about why change occurred in the first place. We're to change our idea about why change occurred in the first place. This change, and he's talking about the big ones, this change didn't occur because we live in a scary world that is out to get us. 
It didn't occur because we've been bad or misused the law and are now experiencing the consequences. It didn't occur because we are in the wrong place at the wrong time and now we need to make the most of it. No, none of these things. He writes, the change occurred because we wanted it to occur. You're supposed to groan over that. You may be thinking right now, I don't think so. I most definitely did not call this change into being. No way, no one in their right mind would want to change like this. And if you're thinking this, you're correct. No one in their right mind would choose something like this. But your mind didn't make the choice. Your soul did. Your soul made the choice so you could evolve. Statements like this cannot be proved, right? They're not like simple math addition, subtraction problems that you either got it right or you got it wrong and you can prove it and we all agree what the right answer is. We can't prove statements like this. But what I can say, what I can say is that living within a structure of belief like that helps us deal with life in a much more effective way. And when we can deal with life in a much more effective way, you can be sure that the results that fall out of the way we deal with life are going to be better. So why in the world, if we have one of those logical minds that wants to argue and tear everything apart that can't be proved and can't fall into black and white, why don't we just quiet that mind for a while and say, let me act as if, because to the degree that I act as if, I can be at the level of cause and begin to really change the effects in my life. So I said I wanted to share a few things with you from the Palm Sunday story, because I do believe that Jesus knew and was in sync with the unfolding of the plan of his soul's journey. The very first tip is this. When we are navigating the tough spots in our life, we are to practice peace. Say that with me. Practice peace. Practice peace. Metaphysically, Jesus riding into Jerusalem is significant. The word Jerusalem comes from the Hebrew and it literally means foundation of peace. Foundation of peace. And I was thinking about how in the story we're told that palm branches were laid down so that when he traveled the path, which was a dirt path, the laying down of the palm branches kept the path a little more pleasant so that the dust wouldn't kick up. And I think that when we practice peace, it is like we are laying down these palm branches. We are making the path a little bit easier for ourselves. We still have to deal with whatever we have to deal with, but if we can practice peace from the inside as we are moving forward, and the best way I know to do that is through affirmative prayer, we will find that the journey is just a little bit easier. The second tip is to be real. Be real. Say that with me. Be real. Do you know what the shortest verse in the Bible is? And ministers, we have seven ministers, including myself, sitting in the room today that I know of. So ministers, you don't get to answer this, okay? Do you know what the shortest verse in the Bible is? Jesus wept. Jesus wept. In the Garden of Gethsemane, 
in the Garden of Gethsemane, when he knew what was about to befall him, he asked, he asked, Father, let this cup pass from me, if possible. Let this cup pass. Wouldn't you want to, ta- wouldn't you want to ask a question like that? Wouldn't you hope the answer would be yes? <laughs> let this pass. I really don't want to do this. I really don't want to, want to go through this. To be real, he, he was real with his emotion. He was real with his feelings. He was real in the temple when he threw the money changers out, but that's a different set of feelings he had there. But he struggled with his own doubt, with his own fear, I believe, with his own pain. And we too, in the journey of our unfolding of our soul, there are going to be times maybe that we weep. And that we weep tears that are not just the surface tears, but tears that feel maybe even ancient, ancient tears of the soul. We weep. We need to make it safe in our culture and our society to be authentic with our feelings. We have to act out of those feelings with wisdom and kindness, but we still have to be real and know what those feelings are. And especially the ones that are painful because the only way we can move past them is not to deny them, but to actually what? Feel them, to be authentic with them. The third tip is to surrender to the organizing power of the universe. Surrender to the organizing power of the universe. Say that with me. Surrender to the organizing power of the universe. God's job is already taken, so you don't have to figure it all out. I don't have to figure it all out either. Sometimes, maybe more times than we would like, we will have to surrender to the mystery and awaken in the beauty, right? Sometimes we have to surrender to the mystery and awaken in the beauty. When Jesus was in the garden, he wept. He asked, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. But he surrendered. He surrendered when he said, but not my will, but what? Thy will be done. Not my will, but thy will, but thy will. He was surrendering to the mystery of his own soul's divine plan. And this is true of us as well. To surrender to the mystery, to surrender to the organizing power of the universe. What does that mean? It means that we never forget that in back of all that we see, in back of every form, in back of all that we see, there is a divine intelligence operative. And we can trust it. In fact, we need to trust it. And we need to hold on to that trust, especially strongly when we feel like we are going through a Garden of Gethsemane experience. Does that make sense? And then the fourth tip is to not go it alone. Don't go it alone. Say it with me. Don't go it alone. You know, when Jesus began his earthly ministry, according to the chronology as you read the various Gospels, what you discover is it was not until he had called his team around him that any of the miracles that are attributed to him happened. He called his team around him. In the Garden of Gethsemane, you may recall that he didn't go there alone. He brought his favorite beloved disciples with him. And he asked them to stay and watch and, and pray. Did they pass the test? No, they did a really bad job. They did a really bad job. They did what? They fell asleep. They fell asleep. 
So they didn't do such a good job. But Jesus recognized and called for help. He brought those that, that he loved and that he felt love from to be there with him. And even though they didn't do such a great job, if he was wise enough at a really tough moment to essentially say, I could use some help here, why would we think any less of ourselves, right? And so as we go through our own difficult experiences, how incredibly important it is that we have the courage and the wisdom to reach out and to say, can you stand watch with me? Can you know the truth with me? Can you sit in sacred silence and just be with me as I bear my heart and soul to you? And then can you help me remember what it is that I seem to be forgetting right now? So these are simple tools, but when used, they make the experience and the unfolding of our soul's divine plan so much more beautiful and easy. And so in closing, I say to you, there is a divine plan that is guiding the unfolding of your soul. I hope you will spend time and care to try to understand as much of what that divine plan is and to put yourself in sync with it as much as you possibly can. And in those places where it's mysterious and you don't quite get it yet, to surrender to the mystery of that and to trust knowing that you will awaken in the beauty. God bless. Many people enjoy Reverend Wendy's talks and meditations and aren't able to attend the Unity Center in person. If you're part of our extended family from around the world and would like to help support the Unity Center, please go to our website or download our free app, which offers even more ways to connect with the Unity Center. Namaste. Namaste.